0: hey everybody dave hagan here how much money do you need to be rich in 50 of the various major cities in the united states that's today on the financial wellness podcast
1: Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to the financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Financial Wellness Podcast, or TFWP as we like to call it. You're listening to episode 503. And look who's here with us today. Hey, it's Brian Reed.
2: Hi, David. How are you today?
0: I'm good. Good. You coming to us from Venice, California today? I am. I like it. I like it. And who else do we got coming to us long distance from San Diego?
1: Hey, it's Dave Hagan.
0: <laughs> no, it's <not. laughs> you're Dave Hagan, <laughs> Brian. These young guys get so wise, you know. Just a bunch, bunch, bunch of wisecrackers. I want you guys to like take your uh, your mic and and your your computer with you when you go on like some uh, exotic trip one time, so I can go. Hey, it's Brian Reed from Bora Bora.
2: <laughs> that be,
0: or it it's Nick Capel from from Monaco. How you doing, man? That'd be pretty. Well, cool. I'm in Monaco, if I'm in
1: Monaco, I'm feeling pretty rich.
2: I can tell you that.
0: <laughs> we had Brian coming to us one time from uh, what Seattle.
2: I was in Seattle a couple of times, and I think Where I else? did San Francisco once as well. Have done
0: San Fran. Scott's to come to us a couple times from uh, uh, Bakersfield and Vegas. Actually, um, I think I uh, uh, dialed in, you know, from Lake Arrowhead. So, yeah, we come, we, we do this from the same places, but uh, people should keep listening because at some point one of us might be at a an exotic. Uh, locale. Well, let's talk about today's topic. Yeah, I saw an article on the internet. It was really interesting, got my attention. And you know, before you know it, I'm going down the rabbit hole, reading something that I didn't intend to uh, read or think about so much, but it got my attention. And and so here goes, this is an article that I want to talk about from GoBankingRates.com by Bob Hagel. And it talks about how much you need to be rich In 50 major U.S. cities. I thought, well, that's interesting because I got to think Los Angeles, New York, San Fran, I don't know. Um, This will be interesting to see. So what they did is they took data from the U.S. Census and from a survey called the American Community Survey, and they looked at 50 cities around the United States, and they looked at what it would take to be uh, in the top 20% income wise. And that's their definition of rich. I'm sure we'll talk about that later. but what does it take? what number does it take to get into the top 20% income wise in various cities around the United States and what cities are those? And then I thought that uh, it would be interesting to see what we can kind of glean from that uh, uh, from that uh, bit of information. So coming in at number, 50 city number 50, Detroit. To be considered rich, according to this definition, being in the top 20%, you need 66,139 dollars to be rich in Detroit. So we're starting at 66,139 to be rich. That ain't rich to me, but using this definition. And by the way, we're going to go up to 239,000 dollars. Uh, and uh, i don't know if anyone can guess right now what that city might be but it may or may not surprise you um let's um let's take another another look at another city how about tucson arizona you hear a lot about arizona in the news lately to be rich in the top 20 percent uh eighty six thousand dollars roughly i'm going to start rounding these off 86 thousand Not bad. yeah not bad at all yeah now this this article also talked about what it took to be in the top 5%, but it seems to me that, um, you know, some of these locations have an inordinate amount of millionaires in them, perhaps like Silicon Valley. And I thought that that would skew the um, statistics and didn't interest me quite as much. Uh, number 46, Miami. Now I wouldn't have thought that Miami was that thrifty of wow. a place to live, but to be rich in Miami, any guess what you need to make guys? $96,000.
1: guess. dollars
0: no, no, no! Nick's gonna get the prize, ninety-two thousand, basically.
2: Oh. No one gets. No one gets the prize. We were both over. <laughs> the Price is Right.
0: <laughs> how about the How about the sister the the um city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, number forty two? What do you think it takes to be rich in Philadelphia? No, no, $101,000. I wouldn't think that, uh, uh, for example, Philadelphia would, um, you'd need more money to live in Philadelphia than Miami. I
2: don't know. Yeah, that's unexpected.
0: Right? Number 40, Fresno, California, or as I like to say, Fresno, California. What does it take to be rich in Fresno?
2: 1 more than Philadelphia. Yeah, about a $1,000 more, 102,000.
0: New Orleans, 103,000. That's number 39 coming in at 39. Let's pick another. I'm just picking some of these that I think that are that are interesting because there's obviously others, but um how about Baltimore, number 33, Baltimore. Uh, you need 109,000 in Baltimore. Kansas City, number 32. You need one hundred and nine thousand and just a couple bucks more than, um, you know, than Baltimore. How about Vegas, baby? What do you need to be rich in Vegas? One
2: fifteen.
0: Good guess. One hundred and eleven. I would have thought it would have been oh, less. Over, Did you?
1: over, over.
0: I think it would have been. Uh, <laughs> I would have thought it would be less because you know you can always go eat at those buffets, right? Um, Dallas. I don't know. Yeah, I well, quick,
1: quick, quick question, yeah. Dave. Do, do they still have the buffets with everything going on?
0: I don't know. I haven't been there with everything going on. I know I know people that have gone, but I don't want to walk around a crowded room with the, the Omnicron going on.
1: I was going to say, personally, I don't know if I would go to a buffet right now.
0: No, I'm not sure that I would Didn't
2: either. Didn't Golden Corral go under? That's the only buffet thing left, I thought. Golden Corral?
0: I don't know. I don't think I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I think that, um, as we get older, that the, the lure of the buffet is, is a lot less, you know, when I was younger and playing ball, we, we would just like to send on locusts on a buffet. In fact, I heard of <laughs> one case where they come in and says to the buffet manager, look, uh, we'll pay the money and we'll eat moderately and we'll all walk away whole or, um, you can you know you can let us eat for free and, and and we'll eat responsibly or we'll pay and we'll just clean you out and they would go in and just clean out these buffets interesting
1: no i i, <laughs> I will say this dave my current favorite buffet is an yeah. all-you-can-eat sushi place you cannot beat that buffet if that's considered a buffet
0: yeah is, is the quality good enough though makes me full it's okay yeah because i've always said you know you can choke down a bad burger but you can't choke down bad bait or bad sushi because bad sushi is really bait, you know? Um, but if you like it and it stays down, Hey, I I think that's great. I think that's great. How about Nashville? Number 26 on the list, Nashville, 150, dollars One fifteen. Who said that? Brian? Reed. That was Brian. Nicely played B. Reed.
1: Very nice. Very nice.
0: Omaha, Nebraska. Now that's interesting. Middle of the country, Omaha, Bra- Nebraska, Number 24, 116,000, but it's more expensive, rich in Omaha than it is in Dallas or Nashville. And I would not, wow. I would not have guessed that. Really? Yeah.
1: Wait, 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 wait. Omaha, Nebraska, the same place where they have the shareholders meeting every year.
0: There you go. I was just going to ask you, who do we know that lives in Omaha? That's, that's famous. Dave Hagan no 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 our good friend warren buffett um by the way by the way i saw something that warren buffett's partner was quoted as saying just recently you know his partner uh, charlie munger and we we got a book for christmas called the the wit of charlie munger and one of the quotes i saw was dealt with bid bitcoin and he said something like Yeah, that's the dumbest-ass idea I've ever seen. It's like, hey, you got a turd in your pocket, so I want one too. (laughs) That's Charlie Munger's view of Bitcoin. I know you guys like Bitcoin, and I'm not a fan. I had to throw that in there on you. Sorry. Number 21, Sacramento. Now, who would think? You know what Sacramento is? The capital of California. A lot of people probably don't know that. $121,000 to be in the top 20% in rich. And above Sacramento at 19, Long Beach. What's that about? Wow, doesn't make. I don't see San Diego. By the way, Nicholas, we'll keep looking. Long Beach. You need 127,000 to be considered rich, at least according to this standard, um, in in Long Beach, California. Number 13. Now I'm going to let you guys guess the city. Can you guess the city at number thirteen? One hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars to be considered rich according to the standard.
2: Chicago. No. Boston. No. Williamsport. No. <laughs> Cleveland. No.
0: Los Angeles. Really? Really? Right? Now, I is, that, I wouldn't guess that. Guessed that been, yeah. Yeah. No. I I I I wouldn't have been as surprised as as if I woke up in the morning with my head stapled to the carpet.
2: Um, so I'd wait a second. Guess you money. said a buck 35 to be wealthy, wealthy in Los Angeles, In Los Angeles. Yeah. Wow. Now
0: I know you, you look at what you're making and you're going, um, you know, I'm wealthy or I'm almost wealthy. Um, but I, I think that's a Testament to probably large portions of Los Angeles that, that don't do that well. That we don't hear about that much, um, but I was really surprised to see that it's number thirteen um, on the list. How about number nine, New York, New York, one hundred and forty-four thousand to be rich in New York. I now that I can't imagine either because I hear New York's really expensive. Never been there, but I heard it's really expensive. One hundred and forty-four thousand.
2: Yeah, and Dave, to to clarify, if the article even disclosed this. Are they saying this can be, this is the total income for the household, or is this part to be making this amount? No,
0: it doesn't say. I'm assuming per person. I'm assuming per person. Yeah. Number seven, Nick, San Diego. Pretty pricey there down there. Yeah,
1: I thought one. I thought you just I thought you just said San Diego wasn't on the list. I didn't
0: see it, but now it just jumped up at number seven. Almost bit me in the butt. Hundred and fifty-seven thousand. Boston. You guys mentioned Boston. Boston comes in at number six. Number five. This is this is interesting.
2: Oakland. Seattle. Oakland. Oh, o- Brian. Close, Seattle. Brian.
0: <laughs> Seattle's next at number four, but Oakland, one hundred and sixty-one thousand, to be considered wealthy in. Oakland, isn't that weird? Oakland, California, which really is is pretty much a, a work in town and, and a port. Um, surprised that it would be Oakland. Number four, Seattle, of course, 186,000. Number three, you guys want to guess number three?
1: San Francisco.
0: Nope. Not really? number three. Not number three. Good guess. Williamsport. No. Washington, D.C. That makes sense, okay. I guess. That makes right? sense. Everybody's a lawyer. They got a big income and the rents are probably reflective of that. Washington, D.C., 189000 to be considered rich. Now, here's wow. one you guys are never going to guess in a mill. Number two. You Milwaukee. Guess? No. Guess. Miliwake? No. <laughs> that, that's in Hawaii, <laughs> isn't it? Miliwake. Number two. Providence, Rhode Island. Nope. Last chance. Last chance. Anyone, anyone, Bueller, anyone, uh, Boise. No, nope. no, Nope. San Jose. Oh man. San Jose. Wow. And I guess people are starting to think of San Jose as kind of like San Francisco South, but, um, mm-hmm. San Jose, I mean, that's, that's surprising to me over 200,000. In fact, uh, What was it? San Jose, 214,000. All right. Number one drum roll, please. Francisco, right. I left my heart and my money in San Francisco, 239,000. Who would have thought San Francisco, 239,000.
1: Well, that's actually funny, Dave. I left my heart and my money in Vegas. So,
0: Well, leaving your, leaving your money in Vegas is a different topic altogether and a different discussion altogether. And maybe we should uh, do a, a podcast about uh, gambling and such at some point, but I don't know. I found this article really interesting. I found it fun. It made me think about the differences in the various cities around the country. It surprised me a lot of these cities. But uh, let me uh, test you guys. What are some of the critical flaws in this article? Either of you?
2: All right, I'll jump in on this. Okay. All right. We don't have- bite. Yeah. I'll bite. We don't have any. Okay. Income. In and of itself, that's not wealth. We're right. not talking. There was no discussion of any other assets where that could already exist. There was no discussion of taxes. There was no discussion of cost of living in the area. I don't know if they've done. I don't know what their metric was. I believe they have a metric and it may be a very simple metric or maybe it's complex. I don't know. We just, we just don't know, but I mean, just income itself, that's not a good enough. Um, yeah. Not a good enough metric. We need right. to know more.
0: Right. And I think their metric was income, but I I think you, you raise an, an extremely good point, And I think this is a good takeaway for the listeners um, wealth is not necessarily income income can be fleeting you could have an income of a quarter million dollars for three years in a row and and live in a city and and be con- in one of these cities and be considered wealthy and the fourth year you, you you lose your job or you lose that income and you're not wealthy anymore so i i don't know that income is a good measurement of wealth in fact i would argue that maybe net worth is the better. Um, long-term uh, measurement of wealth, but there's a lot of things that go into that.
2: I think we should be looking at this in terms of how much interest are you receiving every year from your investments, right? That's that's wealth. When you're when you're earning two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year off of your investments, yeah then you've already earned the money and you're making another 250 off of it.
0: Right, right. Or is that author that we had on? uh, What about two years ago, the friend Nick? He said, Look, you get some money, buy some bonds, buy some income, think of it that way.
1: I mean, put it this way, if you can make $250,000 a year off bonds, you're doing pretty well for yourself.
0: Well, because bonds don't typically return that much by definition. return anything. So if you're making two fifty on bonds, you've got a whole passel full um, of wealth there. But I but I think that's right. While I found income being the metric to be extremely interesting and certainly something to talk about, I don't think that income is a really good uh, indication of of wealth. And and certainly uh, there's other things that we could talk about that would be more representative of. Wealth. well dave I mean, what else
1: dave you bring up a really good point though i mean what is wealthy you know it's a term i mean it doesn't necessarily you know discuss the top 20 percent in income
0: right no i i think you bring up another very good point you guys are hitting on both both cylinders all cylinders whatever tonight um wealth is kind of relative and the trick that they used was top 20 percent i don't think Top 20% is necessarily what I would consider wealthy. You look at some of these numbers that we talked about incomes. What did we, we started out with the first one. What was the first town that we talked about? Was it Memphis, Detroit? Can you tell me that 66,000 is, should be considered wealthy? If you're making, even in Detroit, you're not, you're not able to, you don't have a lot of discretionary income. You don't have a lot of opportunity to do financial planning and accumulate wealth. 66,000 is pretty tight, even in a town like Detroit, where the rents, I think, would be significantly lower than here. So top 20%, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that gets you there. Do you guys think 20% is a good metric or should it be top 5% or what do you think? Well,
1: how do you define wealthy? I, I think wealthy is very ambiguous Yeah. And to each person. It could mean a different thing, such as wealth is someone who's living a happy life, or as to another person, wealth can mean driving in a Ferrari, but being a couple hundred thousand dollars in debt. It's very different.
0: Right. No, I think you hit it right on the head. And I got to tell you, you you walked right into my trap because in the next couple of weeks, we're going to do a podcast on what's wealthy. I think that that's a discussion that's that's worthy to have but how
1: however however I would not mind crying in my Ferrari that does sound pretty good
2: <laughs> well yeah but what's what's the fun of crying in your Ferrari while it's being repossessed <laughs> well you, well you you added something Brian you added it come on it's my story
0: <laughs> I guess if you own it, it's good. And if you're making lease or, or purchase payments on it, it's it's not good. You know, I, I guess that that would be the, the situation. I don't know. I don't know. All right. So that's, that's what you need, at least under these metrics of this article to be considered in another podcast. Um, we're going to talk about this same test, but apply it to different um, cities around the world. And I think that'll be kind of interesting to be able to compare different cities using this metric well uh, let's take a break here and then we'll come back for uh, an email this is dave hagan and you're listening to the financial wellness podcast
1: you've been listening to the financial wellness podcast dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications. Let's listen in now as Dave answers some
2: emails.
0: All right, Brian, I think you've got there an email for me. Go ahead.
2: There is uh
1: whoa an email whoa whoa whoa, whoa. From... Dave. Dave, Dave, let me interrupt real quick. I'm sorry, I'm going back an episode, but do you think checks are going to be obsolete? Do you, do you think we're just going to go straight digital? I, I I had to get this off my chest. Okay.
0: That's a good question. Um
2: Sorry, Brian. I don't know. At the email I can hold, we can.
0: Yeah, we'll save that for next week. This is a good question. I mean, my two cents is that that checks are going to become a lot less prevalent. There, there's issues regarding, um, you know, f- fraudulent checks. Even a cashier's check is not as guaranteed form of payment as it once was. Um, I think people walk around with checkbooks. I mean, I use checks every month. Um, I don't know that we write hardly any checks anymore. Um, I think it's just a lot easier to do it over or over online. And I think you're going to see less and less checks that just seemed that that's my two cents, but it, it, it was a very big form of payment and you'd take your checks and you'd run them to the bank and you'd fill out the deposit. There's a whole processing that goes into depositing checks. And I think people are growing tired of that. I don't know, Brian, you're, you have some uh, um, exposure to banking in your day-to-day job. What do you, what do you see going on?
2: You know, I just learned this and it makes perfect sense. Um, You know, there is a a automation factor that has been created and it's trusted. And, you know, I just recently learned that, you know, banks, certain banks are now charging um, additional fees if you want to send a manual wire. What? So really, this is, you know, this is a little bit of a stretch from, you know, just doing, you know, writing a check, but businesses that send a lot of wires, they now want the business to use the software provided by the bank to send wires through their applications, be it on their phone, on their website, And there's no longer a filling out of forms and, you know, you have to fax your wire, send a wire um, form to your bank by a certain time period or it won't get sent. And then the bank calls you and says, hey, did you actually send this? What's the security code? They don't want to deal with that. They've built a product already that says, use our app. We know it's trusted. It's good. I don't have to pay people to call you and, you know, say yes or no. Did you actually do this? Do you know the right security code? The computer already knows. So if the banks are already doing that to the corporations, it's only a matter of time until it trickles down to people. And it's not going to matter anyway, because in another 30 years, people aren't going to remember sending checks because they they're going to trust the banking software and and the applications because that's all they know they're gone checks are gone
0: man i can't i i just can't imagine although I, I remember five six years ago someone was telling me about a new thing called uber and i and i'm going you mean like someone just like shows up and drives you around in their car and the guy goes yeah i said are you shitting me and he you know what he said to me he says i shit you not and i i still have a hard time Really believing how that all comes together, but it's really it's a convenience.
2: It. Humans are inherently lazy. If you yeah. come up with a product that we believe is safe, we'll do it.
0: Right. And they've been having problems with with wires, you know, the last several years, where someone would say, Hey, wire this to this account, and the bank would wire it out and the and the money would disappear. I had a client who was in business for a lot of years and would buy uh, uh flowers from Southeast Asia and then they would be shipped and they get, they get an email that that looked legit. And they said, Hey, wire to this account, this amount of money. And they did. And they found out that someone had been looking at their email intercepted and put together a wire account number and their money was gone. And this business that had been around for 30 years closed because it, it cleaned them out. They didn't have enough depth to depth to absorb that kind of loss. So I mean, maybe it is better. Maybe it is better that uh, it's done by software and internet. But I can't imagine. Heck, I remember the first time my business bank said, "Well, you can, um, you know, you you can scan the checks and send them to us. You can fax them to us." I said, "How does that work? You won't have the check. I'll have the check. What if I just deposit the same one like three times? You'll never know." And yet somehow they they'd figured it out with the routing number or what have you. But Wow, how things have changed! I can't imagine a world without checks. But
1: well, well, David, I, I must say, you know, I mean, it was the same thing with eight track to VCRs. Yeah, I wasn't DVDs. I wasn't, I wasn't
0: alive then. Yeah. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> same, same here. Right. And what, what's what's very interesting is that no one sees it, but once there's an innovative item, everyone just jumps on it and doubles down.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I, I think what's actually really interesting is that, you know, Blu-ray was the new DVD, but now everything is getting streamed to your smart TV. So are DVDs going to eventually become obsolete as well?
0: Yeah. I was in the store the other day and I saw some DVDs being sold and I looked and inside how quaint a DVD. Who, who wants to have the disco? Who wants to have records unless you're really an audiophile who wants to even have, I mean, interestingly enough, who wants to even buy songs and have songs when you can stream them out through one of the services for 12, 15 bucks a month or whatever it is?
1: Six ninety-nine on Spotify.
0: Is it six ninety nine student rate? Because they charge me more.
1: No comments. I I am no longer a student, so I no longer a student, so I <laughs> can't comment.
0: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah. I mean, heck you can I... take a class just to get the discount.
2: I have a box of my old CDs. Right. And I'm dating myself by saying this, but I Mm -hmm. took all of the, I took the CD uh, cover. Mm -hmm. The art took the art and the CD out of the case, I Mm -hmm. threw away all of the cases. Yeah, but I still have the CDs and the artwork. And I'm sitting around looking at this box going, why do I have this anymore? I'm never going to play another CD. But there's part of me that doesn't want to let it go. I think I'm going to let go of everything and all of the mix CDs that's you know I made for someone or someone <laughs> made for me yeah. those I'm going to keep in case I want to go back in time but
0: eh. well, I guess the same is true with you know VHS and well, you know all those those. Well,
1: I, I will say this though and what's different <laughs> from CDs or DVDs is vinyl because you can't copy it or you mix onto a vinyl a vinyl is you know tangible right but Mm -hmm. i I see i see friends that are still playing vinyl inside their house i i think you know it's it's kind of an asset at that point
0: well i see people buying vinyl and they go oh it's the original sound but at the end of the day a a vinyl record is a truly inferior um recording compared to, to cd or even online because you got the scratches and the pops and the you know, I had a, I had a record, from, I don't know, early, early on Tommy James and the Shondells and it had a pop in it and I had always listened to it with the pop. And then when I heard it online, my brain waited for the pop and I said, oh, that must not be the real recording. And it's just because the record that I had happened to have a, a, a pop, maybe from a scratch or something in it. So yeah, things change, but to bring this back around to checks, Brian, you think checks are gone huh? at some point down the road?
2: Um, I don't think I pretty much know. <laughs>
0: really? Wow.
2: I think it's all gonna be gone. It just it's gonna take time. Wow. Give it, you know, 30, 40 years. No one's gonna remember the check. And it's just gonna be a transfer of funds. And Nick, you're kind of right. you you made a good point of there's no liability when there's no check involved. It's instant. One bank to another bank. They can all talk amongst themselves make sure it's safe. And they can actually take us, the humans, out of the equation.
1: Actually, what I, what I think is more interesting, though, sorry for cutting you off, Brian, is that like I had to send a check to, uh, to someone because I, I owed them money for paying a bill for me. And I didn't have a stamp. And so I had to run to the store to go get a stamp. One stamp. Go send the check for like 50 bucks. And I would much rather, I, for the ease of it, just send a a Venmo or a Zelle or a, a, what's it called, cash app.
0: I remember just recently, Nick, you were, I forget how the transaction was going, but it was between you and me. And you said, maybe this is the way it went. You said, oh, can you just Venmo it to me? I go, I don't even what is that? <laughs> I thought Venmo was a liquor store. I didn't know, right? And and that's now Bevmo. Oh, Bevmo. Okay, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I thought Bevmo was someone I knew in high school, but that's that's a different topic. Um, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It's just crazy like that. All right, we could go on and on like this, but Scott's given me the sign that we've run out of time tune in next week. We're going to be talking about this definition of wealth. We've got some other things to talk about. Um, I want to spend some time in the next couple of weeks talking about who's your financial advisor. I think that that's a topic that people are thinking about. And for those that aren't thinking about it, they should. Who's giving you financial advice, or What kind of people should you go to to get certain types of financial advice? Um, So stick with us. I think we've got some interesting stuff coming up. I think that's a wrap for today. Coming in, man.
2: Hey, thanks for having me, Dave, as always.
0: Always a pleasure. Nick Appel, thanks for joining us.
1: Always a pleasure, boys.
0: Yeah. How's your health? How are you feeling these days, Guy? A little better?
1: Hopefully better next week.
0: I like it. I like it. All right. This is Dave Hagan. And you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast.
1: You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box either way it's sent right to dave's phone remember dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one hour personal conversation with dave to help you achieve your financial goals don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends this is your announcer nick Appel, wishing you every financial success